0: Better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Hi folks, Jack Speargo with another edition of the Survival Podcast. It's always one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough or even if they don't, today is September third, 2013. This is episode eleven hundred ninety nine of the Survival Podcast, and uh, it's a Tuesday. This is usually a standalone show where it's just me, and uh, today will be no different. I did take yesterday off; I enjoyed it. I hope you uh, you enjoyed your day off if you had one as well. Today we're going to talk about personal libertarian living. Can it be done? Can you be a libertarian in today's world? Can you actually live your life consistent? With the ideals of libertarianism in today's world, if compromises are necessary, where are they? And how do we create a compartmentalized life for ourselves with liberty on one side and the rest of the crazy-ass world on the other? We're going to talk about all that more today. Before I get into it, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. Sponsor of the day number one today is Jeff, the Berkey Guy Gleason. What are you going to get from The Berkey Guy? You're going to get Berkey Water Filtration Systems, as crazy as that might sound. He is The Berkey Guy, one of the top dealers for Berkey in the world. He has excellent customer service to go along with his stellar reputation of doing a lot of volume. He has great pricing for you. He's a fanatic absolute fanatic about customer service. In addition to Berkey's, the Berkey guy has a lot of other great stuff for your prepping needs. You'll find him at Directive21.com. Hey, and don't be that guy that got your Berkey from the guy that wasn't the Berkey guy when you could have bought it from the Berkey guy. Why would you do that? Seriously, though, Jeff also has a contest going on right now. I'll have an extra link in the show notes for him today. Uh, they're running a giveaway. Seven people will each get a free Royal Berkey system. Uh, so if you uh, get over to his site, uh, directive21.com, you'll probably find that. If you go to our show notes for episode 1199, there'll be a link directly to that page. Next up today, the next sponsor today is the Free State Project in New Hampshire. Um, I didn't plan it this way, but it just seems fitting that if I'm going to talk about libertarianism, freedom, and personal liberty today, that the Free State Project be our sponsor of the day. Um, I've been supporting these guys for going on two years now. They're uh, a great group of uh, folks. I do not charge them for their sponsorship slot like I do all other sponsors. I've given it to them as a form of philanthropy. And I really believe in the work that they're doing in New Hampshire, trying to make New Hampshire the freest state in the union, trying to trigger the move. I've contributed to them by speaking at their events, promoting their events, and I've contributed to them financially. That should tell you how much I um, believe in what they're doing. I have a program called Walking to Freedom. I have my own forum set up for that and, uh, you can go there and find a new place to live. Uh, there's a lot of states that really we don't, <laughs> we don't need to be giving them the privilege of our occupancy as far as I'm concerned. These would be states on our naughty list, like New York. Like New Jersey, etc. Well, it just so happens New York and New Jersey and Massachusetts are not that far away from the great state of New Hampshire. So if you're looking to walk to freedom, especially if you're in that region, check these guys out. I'll tell you what, if you want to go into a place where there's an established network of people that really believe in liberty, check out the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Um, next up, want to remind you guys again about that walking to freedom forum. I've had a little bit of interest in uh, somebody taking over it. I'm not really sure how to gauge it. I'm going to probably put together an application. Um, and send out an email to all of you guys that have expressed an interest and make it open to everybody and see if I can't find a captain for that ship. Somebody that really believes in the Walking Freedom mission that wants to run that site, put a couple hours a day at least into it. Uh, I don't need a programmer type person. I need someone committed to the mission uh, that can make sure that things are managed, handled, updated, boards are added, things like that. It's not really that hard. If you've ever worked on any forum, Simple Machines forums are, are pretty much the same as all the other forums. Uh, maybe a day of playing with it together. To know it a little bit better, but uh, if you're interested in that, uh, keep an eye out. I'll put out something soon where you can apply to be the captain of the Walking to Freedom Forum ship if you'd like that partnership opportunity. Last but not least, do consider joining the member support brigade. If you do that, you'll get exclusive content available only to members and help support the show at a whopping 18.3 cents per episode. Military, Law Enforcement, Peace Corps, active duty, and prior service. Uh, If you email me before, not after you join with service discount in the subject line, and in one or two sentences, tell me who you are and what you're doing, or if you're prior service, tell me who you are and what you did, I'll respond back with a discount code to thank you for your service. I also extend that discount code to uh, first responders like paramedics, EMTs, and firefighters. Uh, again, I just appreciate the service you've done, and it's one small thing that I can do to thank you for it if you've done any of those jobs. Before we get into the main subject today, let's go ahead and take a look at the year 1199, since this, this is episode 1199, our little history segment that we've added. I think has worked out really cool and people seem to like it. Uh, in the year 1199, in the year January, or in the month of January, there was a short-lived truce between England and France. Now, I want you to think about this. This is 1199. We haven't quite crossed into the year 1200. England and France are at war. In 1776, when we were, you know, declaring our independence, we were seeking an alliance with France that eventually resulted in them providing a naval, uh, force for us and some other forces. Uh, and they were at war with England in the 1700s. There's a bit of a history there of the French and the English with a little bit of fighting. Uh, on March 25th though, that truce was apparently over. Because Richard I of England was shot in the left shoulder with a crossbow by a French boy named Pierre Basile at the siege of the castle of Chalouse in France. The war between the kingdoms of England and France has become so brutal that Hugh of Lincoln has warned that nothing now is safe, neither the city to dwell in nor the highway for travel. So war broke down to a point that nothing was safe. Sound like anything we ever worry about? On April 6th, now understand, this was March 25th, so April 6th, so a few weeks after that occurred, King Richard of England dies from gangrene. This was uh, the Richard that was known as Richard the Lionheart, by the way. So Richard of England dies of gangrene caused by his crossbow wound. His younger brother, John, becomes king of England. Richard's jewels are left to his nephew, Otto, king of the Romans. It was a result of Richard's death, check this out, French soldier, soldier Macartier has Pierre Basile flayed alive and hung. Wait a minute, why would a French soldier have the guy that killed the King of England flayed alive when France and England were at war? Well, that's because Macartier was a French warrior of the 12th century and chief of the mercenaries in the service of Richard of England. More on him tomorrow because life got, well, Interesting to say the least for him after this happened. Um, but that's what happened. The the boy that hit the king with that crossbow arrow was flayed alive. Flayed is skinned alive and hung. King Philip II of France renews his war against John of England and supports the rival claim to the English throne, Arthur of Brittany. So when you're at war with a nation, one thing you might do is kind of buddy up with someone else that would rather rule that nation. We call those puppet leaders this is 1199 the more things change the more they stay the same st Lawrence church of ludlow england is rebuilt uh the deaths and uh births in in that time frame are mostly people i don't know so you're probably not interested either but if you want to know more about the year 1199 there will be a link in today's show notes all right with that i'm ready to get into the main topic of today's show and and i have to start out with something that maybe a lot of people don't want to hear and that is, the reason our society isn't a libertarian society has absolutely nothing to do with our government right now. Um, our government sure as hell ain't helping. It, it really isn't. But the reality is, most people are not ready to be a libertarian yet. They're not. Even a lot of people that say they are, are not. Um, if, if you're going to be a libertarian... Then, and, and there are shades of gray. Let's understand there's a spectrum that everybody walks. And I've, I've walked this spectrum from, you know, at one time believing that the Republican party way was the way to be. And I think back to those days in my twenties and go, how, how stupid were you? And then I realized, you know what? I wasn't stupid. Um, I was working with the information that I had at the time. I was evaluating the situation, and like most people, I was listening to what the people running for office said versus actually paying attention to what they did and not seeing the inconsistencies. And I was letting them use the scapegoat card, the scapegoat card of, well, we could do this if it wasn't for them, until eventually I realized that like the other side was doing the same thing. And then I also realized there was a lot of things that if you want to call it, my side was trying to do that I, and even saying they wanted to do that I really didn't want them to do. It was just like the the, the things the other side wanted to do were worse, and I found myself in that that you know ant lion trap of voting for the less of two, lesser of two evils. I used the line just like many uh, folks out there do every day. Myself at one time, and then I realized that that didn't really make any sense, and I I found the Libertarian Party. I would say today I'm not even really a member of the Libertarian Party anymore. I'm a Libertarian with a small L, not a capital L, Though I would love to see the LP on ballots so people had a frickin' third choice. And I'd like to see them universally on ballots across the, the country. Uh, and I'd like to see them treated as an equal party to the Democrats and the Republicans. It's not really my goal, and it's certainly not what I'm gonna here to talk about today. And my point is that even if that happened it wouldn't really change a lot right away anyway. It would just be the first step in hopefully the right direction. And I say hopefully because there's no guarantee. The reality is this. Most people out there either want someone to fix crap for them and do things for them and want that government nanny state, or they want to interfere with what other people can do. They're worried about, what about him over there? See, and both of those are inconsistent with libertarianism. And it's it's part of why it's so hard for libertarian philosophy to gain traction in the country. Because people think it's a cool idea until it affects what they want to do. So, you know, obviously, if we're going to have a libertarian country, the concept of massive government welfare programs and people being paid for the rest of their life for simply existing and things like that would have to go away. And there's just a tremendous number of people that don't want that. Uh, the the classic objection to, you know, well, if the libertarians were in charge, who would build roads and schools? And my response to that is always, you know what? At least for right now, the government can build all the roads and all the schools at once. As long as I'm not forced to drive on those roads, as long as somebody can put in a private road, and I can choose that, you know, as another option. And as long as I'm not compelled to put my child in a state school and I can I can put them in a private school or homeschool them, the, if the government wants to see to commerce between the states by ensuring that there's a good highway system and an educated populace by ensuring there's a minimum level of education available, the government can do that. And generally the response to that is, well, uh, uh, well, then, uh, and what, what they really want to say, but they're afraid to say is, well, then how would, how would my retirement be funded? Or what about my social security? Or what about my dad's social security? Or, or what have you? And it's something that they feel is necessary to provide for their existence. And then there's people, they also have a problem, but their problem's different. They're, they're okay with, hey, let's just phase all this stuff out. And I, I think you should understand that most libertarians are realists and we understand that we got here over 200 years. 200, 225, 230 years of time. And it, it's unreasonable that we could switch the political machine off and turn off all these programs overnight. It's completely unreasonable. And it would be chaos, and it cannot work that way uh, without massive bloodshed, gnashing of teeth, war in the streets, martial law, which you need the government for that, so now we're back. See, we understand that. that this has to be a, a decoupling, and it's a journey of, of removing these apparatuses over time. I mean, that was Ron Paul's plan. So we get that. But... There's people that are like, that's cool, and I want that, and I want less government. And then as soon as you start talking about taking away, like, a part of the government that makes people behave in a way that they don't, you know, that they think they should, then, well, wait, wait a minute, I don't know about that. So an example would be marijuana laws. So as soon as you want to re- re- say, well, why is a person put in jail for smoking a plant? Well, we gotta have morality. Who are you to determine what's moral for another man who doesn't harm you in what he's doing. Well, what about my children? Well, tell your children. Your children are your responsibility. Well, what about his children? His children are his responsibility. And and, and as soon as you put people in that position, they're very, very uncomfortable. And if it's not that issue, it's another issue or another issue. There's a, a belief that people want to enforce their version of morality on others and when they realize they can't just chant or pray or yell or wave their hands to make it happen then they turn to the apparatus of the state and I'm not trying to change your mind about either one of those issues today if you're in either one of those camps I've learned um, over the years that the non-aggression principle applies to a lot more than just not punching somebody in the face or not forcing someone to do something. It also applies to not trying to make a person cross a bridge until they're ready for it. And libertarianism is freedom and freedom for many is scary as shit. What if? What if? I'll tell you, I mean, um, you know, in in drawing up this concept of this this new eco village perma ethos, um, I, I've heard more what ifs than since I was in grade school. Well, what if? What if? I mean, this is a reality. What we have to start looking at is stop worrying about what if and get doing. And when what if comes up, at, improvise, adapt, overcome, deal with it. What if we deal with it? What if we deal with it? What if we deal with it? What if that guy over there he's not your is he is he hurting you? Is he harming you? Is he taking your stuff? Is he pulling the roof off of your house? Is he punching you in the face? Is he doing anything like that? No, he's not your... See, as a libertarian, at that point, it's not my problem. Well, he's hurting someone else. Is he really? Is he really? Well, yeah, he's selling drugs to people. Do they want to buy the drugs? Are the drugs hurting them? No. Well, it hurts them because it's not good. No, 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 no. I mean, is he putting, like, you know... Ajax in, in his drugs or something? No? Okay, well then, not your problem. Is he actually hurting someone else? You know, is he, is he beating someone or forcing them to take drugs or something like that? Yes. Well, then, then he's breaking the non-aggression principle and that's a place where you step in with minarchism and say you can't infringe on the liberties of another person and you're doing that. But other than that, you gotta leave everybody alone and you gotta take care of your own problems and you don't get to call daddy and mommy, which is the state, when something doesn't go your way. And that is scary as hell to people. And it's not just people living off the government. I've talked to people that are relatively, <sighs> relatively successful in life. I've had them look me straight in the eye and say things like, well, if the government isn't there to pass laws and solve our problems, why are they there? That's a great question. Why is the government there? What is the purpose of government, true government, of and for and by the people? That government would serve the purpose of protecting the individual liberties of people, aiding with transportation and commerce, and aiding in communication and commerce with other nations. That would be about it. That would be about it. And again, I'm the libertarian that says we got a long way to go. Don't whine and cry about schools and roads. We can let them do that for, I mean, if they, if they put half of the money they're stealing from us into roads and schools right now, we'd have really good schools. I'm not going to say the best in the world because we'd just be better at what we suck at as far as I'm concerned, but they'd be pretty damn good and we'd have the best roads on planet earth. We'd have the best roads ever seen. So if they want to build roads and schools, get after it. But the reality is people aren't ready for it. So we have a choice to make. We could sit around and, and 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 believe in our heart of hearts that everybody really is a libertarian and everybody really wants life this way, but they just can't see it yet. And one day it'll happen, and one day a libertarian candidate will come along with charisma and save us all, and it will change the system with the system. Or we can say you know what, it's not going to probably happen in my lifetime. I'm not discouraging anybody from being politically active. God knows we need people with this mindset to be politically active. I'm just saying we can't wait for that to work. You want to do that, that's your thing. Some people want to be politically active, some people don't. I I don't think it's necessary if you're going to carve it out in your own life. And I have 14 steps that I ask people to take when they say, I want to be a libertarian, and they start wanting to get somebody elected at all. They have nothing to do with that. And that's what I want to talk to you about with them today. But before I do, I want to tell you why this is a survival topic. It's certainly not a political topic, the way I'm going to cover it today. There's going to be one thing in my 14 steps that has something to do with voting. And it's going to start off with if you vote. So that should tell you something. It's a survival topic because... Most of us that pay attention to these types of things understand that many of these systems of support are going to fail. Not if they fail, but when they fail and how they fail. We know mathematically the system is unsustainable. We know they probably won't all fail in one fail swoop and, just, and it's over. They'll probably crumble. That's how most empires go down. Most empires do not collapse overnight. They crumble over time. They they break apart. They fall apart. In our country, people think, well, the nation will fall apart, and it could, but the first parts of our empire that will begin to crumble will be the parts of our nation that aren't really ours in the first place. All of our influence all over the world that we hold with soft and hard power, so soft power is influence, money, goodwill, and hard power is force, right? And soft power is actually subtly applied force, so soft power is like, well, we give you money to help you build your infrastructure. That's soft, but, but it, it has a forced connotation with it. as soon as you get the fish on the hook, then you can threaten to pull him out of the water and fillet him if he doesn't do what you ask. You make him dependent upon your money, or another way to look at it, there's always free, free cheese inside a mousetrap, right? So we, we set the trap, but we don't kill the mouse. Soft power and hard power, don't do what we say, and we'll blow up your country. And we use both of those things. That will begin to crumble. Both sides of it. We have military bases in over a 100 countries. We're not going to be able to afford them. Our influence will wane and others will rise. And we will begin to crumble from the outside in. And eventually a lot of these other things will begin to crumble. And many things that we take for granted that we have in this country will not be available. What does that have to do with libertarianism? If you are a libertarian, you know you have to take care of yourself. And you can store up a year's worth of rice and beans and Mountain House and freeze-dried beef cubes and alternative energy and all the stuff that you can think of. But if your mind's not right, all you've done is bought yourself time during the collapse. And eventually, all that stuff will run out. The mind has to be right. The philosophy has to be right. And it is in that time when leadership will form and communities will band together and you either have to be in the right frame of mind to do that or you're you're dead in the water you may survive, but you're not going to thrive in my belief there's no philosophy that leads faster to self-reliance than libertarianism as soon as you can't make somebody else not do something because you don't want them doing it then you have to f- create what you wanted for yourself so if you think that something's bad and this is a much better way to do things, than you have to do it versus talk about it. As soon as you know that someone is not responsible to feed you, then mentally you have to shift to, I am responsible to feed myself. As soon as you understand that nobody is responsible to make sure you always have clean water to drink, you have to realize I, there might be a way to buy that right now through public works or through my well, but my well runs on energy, and sooner or later I might have to do this for myself, and if I do, I can't say it's not fair. As soon as you become a libertarian in the heart and in the mind, and I want to say one very important thing today. If you are anything from an atheist to a conservative Christian, you do not have to change your religious beliefs to be a libertarian. You just have to understand that you're not allowed to enforce them on other people. That's that's it. You can believe whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. If you want to be a socialist libertarian, as long as you can get people to go along with you voluntarily and be socialist, you can have all the socialism you want. You just can't make me be part of your socialism. You can't compel me to be there by force. That's it. You don't have to give up to believe. That's the greatest way in the world to be. Go see who you can get to follow you. That's libertarian philosophy. And when you get into that mindset, it's impossible then to be the person on TV bitching because it's been three weeks or three days since your power was out and the Red Cross hasn't shown up to give you food yet. Cause you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. That doesn't mean we don't help those people. It just means we don't get to be them. And do you really want to anyway? See, freedom is scary as shit. At first, when you open the cage and walk out the door the very first time, it's scary. But yet, as soon as you get out of the cage, it's not anymore. It's just the exit that's scary. I think we all experience this. Imagine if you were ever in the military. Most people in the military don't do one-station unit training. That's where you go to like basic in your school all-in-one. The infantry kind of does that. But most other professions, like you go from... Uh, basic training to what they call an AIT in the military or a tech school in the Air Force, and they have other names for it in the other branches of service. But you get more freedom when that happens. You definitely, I did. It was still oppressive. It was still very regimented. But I had more freedom in school than I had in basic. But by the time you get through your basic training, you've adapted to that. And going somewhere else, there's actually a little bit of apprehension. You're excited, but you've got apprehension. More freedom, I'm scared. <laughs> it's going to be harder, or m- maybe it won't, I don't know. It's the unknown. And that's what makes freedom scary. Well, I don't know, it, what if? What if? And you have to start answering with your what ifs with, I'll deal with it. And that's a lot more responsibility than the average person wants. And I'm telling you. Most libertarians, especially new ones, believe that this is how everybody thinks because when they finally find it, it makes so much damn sense to them that they go, well, of course. And they, they can't remember the way they would have argued against it 12 months ago. So you have to let people cross that bridge when they come to it and then let them take the spectrum because it's something you decouple from. If your life has been programmed for 25 years or 30 years to believe certain things, just like you can't dismantle the system overnight, you can't just shut off Social Security, Medicaid, and and welfare tomorrow morning. Well, you can, but you won't like what happens, right? A human being has been institutionalized the same way, and they must decouple in steps over time. And the way we do that is in our own lives. And eventually you get to a point where you go, okay, nobody else is ready yet. And I'm going to handle my life this way. I drive on a road. I'll do what they ask me to do. I won't speed. I won't drive drunk. It's probably in my best interest not to do that anyway. You know, I'll stay between the lines. I'll get a driver's license. I'll insure my car. When I get gas, I'm going to pay tax on it, whether I like it or not. So I'm going to accept that that's going to happen. And I'll, I'll, I'll play by that system's rules. But then any place in my life that I can carve out my own little hole where I can ignore society's rules, I'll do so. Because society's rules are far more invasive than law. People are actually restricted more by what's like a conventional norm or what's expected than they are by laws in many ways. There's no law that says you have to rack up $100,000 worth of debt for a degree in communications, but people do it all the time because they're expected to and conditioned to. And that creates as much slavery as any law. And then law is used to enforce that slavery. But slavery, these are chains you willingly put on. There's people right now willingly putting on chains and building their own prisons for themselves. And that's true. And that's true all over our country. And you look at it and you want to scream, stop it. And you can say, okay, well fine, build your own chains, build your own prison. But why stop building mine? And you realize they're not going to. So you've got to find it for yourself. So, my first step for personal libertarianism, to libertarianism is believe and do as you please. Within the law. Within the law. Believe and do as you please within the law. Now, that's a gray area. Okay, because that would also entail, well, technically, if you and Joe um, barter, and Joe's a dentist, and you're a mechanic, and Joe fixes your kid's teeth, and you fix his car, you're both supposed to report that to the IRS. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. But I mean, when you go out into society, there's certain things that society says you're not allowed to do. And if you want to be in society, you don't get to do those things. You just don't. But you can believe whatever you want. Anything you want to believe, you can believe as a libertarian. You can believe that all the things that are illegal right now are wrong. You just don't get to use force to prevent people from doing them anymore. You don't get to support things that use force to enforce those things. Now, Does that mean that all law is wrong? No, I think a law that you can't kill somebody is a good law. I I am okay with that law. Do I think a law that you can't you know, hook your child up to a treadmill and make them generate electricity for you because that would be abusive is wrong? Yes, because now I'm applying force. It might be my child, but I have no right to apply force to get that type of a result out of them. Do I think a law that I can't come to your house, take you captive, bring you back here, Put chains on your feet and make you work in my field is a good law. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are all good laws because they involve prevention of the violation of rights of another. But do I think it's, it's in any way consistent with even our constitution that there's now a law that if you don't decide to purchase health insurance, you have to pay a penalty. And if you don't, the money will either be taken from you or you will be subject to some other force apparatus by the state. No. No. No right to force me to do anything. It, just because you believe that it's a good thing doesn't mean you're... I actually think health insurance is a great idea. I carry health insurance. If I have some kind of catastrophic failure of health, I want to make sure that I'm taken care of. But I should not be compelled to do that. So believe and do as you please within the law, but that leads to step two. You have to spread your belief by example, not with force. So I think it would be inconsistent with libertarian idealism to support any law that uses force to get a guar- to, to, to to get a result that interferes with people who are not harming others. If you want to support a law that repeals force, I think that's consistent with libertarianism. If you want to support something like repealing a marijuana law. So you need a law to repeal a law. That I'm okay with. You want to support a law that makes it more difficult for people to live free. Then that's inconsistent. Now, if you think... And I just go to the marijuana one, because it's an easy one for people to understand and get their heads around. I'm not a pothead. I'm not trying to Spread the Mary Jane message or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's not my thing. But it's easy for people to understand. But if you want to spread the message that marijuana is bad for you, then demonstrate it by not doing marijuana and showing the world all the great things you can do. And go, my life's better because this isn't in it. And then it's up to people to decide that you're right. Or the guy that says, hey, look, you know what? I burn a doob a day, and I'm a multimillionaire. I don't know how many of those people would actually exist, but if they can do it, then they can do it. It's up to the market to make the case with spreading belief by example. If you think a certain religion is the way to be, then go to your your church or your temple or your synagogue or whatever it is and follow the principles of your religion and demonstrate how it benefits you and those around you and others will want to follow you. And some won't. And you don't get to do anything with those people at all. You don't get to compel that there be prayer injected into anything. Now, if people anywhere want to pray, no one should compel them not to. But no one should be compelled to participate. It's very, very simple. Spread your belief by example, never with force. And these are things that you can't really implement in parts of the world, but you can say from now on, I will never use force... Or voluntarily support the use of force, even if I agree with what's being done, unless it's protecting another person's rights. And you can live that way in your mind and in your daily life. Well, this, you know, how do I make my, you don't make anybody anything. I get it all the time. My cousin is so screwed and he doesn't understand it and when the shit is the fan, how do I make him? You don't make, you do. You live, you're an example. He chooses or chooses not to follow your example. The next is create independence from the systems. It's the most important step because it starts to open your mind to the fact that yeah, maybe we don't really need the government to do this after all. Try to tell someone who's successfully homeschooled a child, who's acquired a college scholarship, graduated college and has a great job that we absolutely have to have a state for education. Try to tell that person that. The person's just going to, really? Well, explain this. Well, not everybody can do that. Again, you want the government to run schools and build roads. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them doing that for the next 200 years. If that's the main thing they're going to do, then fine. But do we have to have it? It's not, it's not should they do it or is there a place for it. It's, do we have to have it? So creating independence from the educational system would be one place. But what about electricity? What about water? What about all the systems that are out there? Food. Food's the biggest one. That's why I spend so much time on permaculture and you know any other way to produce your own food. You know, with the government, if the government wasn't subsidizing corn and wheat and soy, look how many people would starve. Well, I'd say look how many people are starving nutritionally because the government does this. We would be much better off if half of the, the, the millions of acres, millions of acres growing corn, soy, and wheat we're managed grasslands growing us beef and sheep and lamb and chickens, and we can do that. We can do that. There's land that's so perfect for that that right now is plowed every year and made more and more useless. Again, we can't do it overnight. This is the same. You, you got. To, hopefully, people are starting to see the connection between the two worlds. Just like most people can't decouple from the programming of society overnight and go from full-on Democrat or full-on Republican or full-on Socialist or whatever it is to full-on Libertarian overnight, the system more so cannot do it. If a human being can't adapt mentally that fast, how can a system that is feeding millions and millions of people just be shut off and changed? And logistically, that system can't change that fast. But it can change. And the best way for it to change isn't for the nation to change its policy and tell farmers what to do. The best way for it to change is for little operations to begin returning all over the country. For people to carve out 10 acres here, 20 acres there, 40 acres there. Communities to develop and work together to get 300 acres and demonstrate it. And get it to be more and more the case. So that it's not those people feeding the rest of the country. But those people first and foremost feeding themselves. And demonstrating to others that it can be done. It's tearing out fruitless pear trees. And planting trees that grow pears. It's getting rid of vining plants that don't do anything. And replacing them with kiwis and grapes. Right in suburbia. And it's not the government doing it. It's the people doing it. Because if the government does it, it just becomes another system of dependence. If it's going to be a system of independence, it has to be done by choice. It has to be voluntary. There's programs and things that can be done to encourage, but not provide for. I've had people say, why don't we, why don't we have the government set up a program where if you'll plant 10 edible plants, they'll pay for it? Because it's my money planting your plants. That's why. That's why. Now, the money's already there. They were going to spend it to blow up a country, and they decided to do that with it. Is that better? Yeah. And you start moving in a spectrum of shade of gray, it's still theft. But I would be, okay, well, that's better. So we took one bomb away that could have killed a baby. And, And folks, if you don't think that happens, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you this about your country, but yeah, we blow up children. We bomb weddings. Oh, there's a terrorist there. Okay, fine. So if there's a terrorist at your house, should I bomb it? Should I bomb your house because you have a terrorist there? Well, what if I have him there by choice and I know he's a terrorist and I'm collaborating? What about your children? Should I blow up your children? How would you feel? How would you feel if a political person that you despise, that you hated, that you thought deserved to die that lived in this country. This country was even under a tyranny, beyond what, not a soft tyranny, a hard tyranny. And there were children where that person was, and a foreign entity blew up, not just that person, but the children. Killed American children. How would you feel about that? Well, guess what, folks? Human beings are the same all over the world, in spite of the fact you've been lied to about it. They feel the same way when it happens in their country. And the way that's going to stop, believe it or not, is through us being able to feed, feed ourselves, provide our own energy, provide our own water, deal with our own waste, build our own stuff. Because the reason we do that is because we want other people in the world to have taken from them so that we can have our easy cush lifestyle without working for it anymore. There's nothing wrong with living well. It's living well at the expense of others that puts us in conflict with freedom and liberty, which is what we're supposed to represent. So create independence from those systems. Solve your own problems whenever you can, especially with neighbors. How many times have we had to get behind somebody that has, you know, somebody breathing down their neck to take their garden out of their front yard or take away their chickens or their pigs or something? You know, it almost always starts with a neighbor bitching they call their council member. They call the police department. He has too many cars in his yard, and it makes my house look bad, and I don't like it. And you know the cop, the response was like, man, I don't want to do this. This isn't my... Th-. But if there is a law that can be enforced and somebody's complaining, the officers end up compelled to enforce it. The elected officials end up compelled to enforce it. The law says, and therefore they can't, and I'm bitching, and I want you to do something about it. See, and the, the problem we always say is well, it's the council member, it's the mayor, it's the police officer. No, it's two things. It's the neighbor that never walked over and said, hey, um, this is a problem. Can we work it out? And the problem is the use of force to give that person what they want. That, and, I, I mean, seriously, if you want to live in a place where no one can have a pig or a cow or a car that's, more than 10 years old in their driveway or not put up a certain color Christmas lights or some crap like that go find a place with an HOA with a bunch of pain in the ass people just like you and stay there there's plenty of those places go there leave everybody else alone but if you do have a problem go talk to the person before you do something in fact let that be the something you do it's almost inevitable That two adults in conflict that speak to each other reasonably will find a way to deal with their conflict. Now, occasionally, you deal with a person that's an asshole. They're like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you do. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you need to get out of my face and go away. And then you need to ask yourself, is this person really violating my rights? Is this person really violating my rights? Well, they have a pig and a cow and I don't like it. Okay. Well, probably not. Well, they have like um a half acre yard and the guy's got like seventy five cows back there arm in arm shitting all over the place and the whole neighborhood stinks and they really don't belong here. Well probably yeah. Probably yeah. But it's almost ne that's almost never what we hear about, is it? Cause that guess what? That almost never happens. That almost never happens. I got a neighbor close to me damn near doing that though. And the other neighbors want to do something about it. They asked me about it, and I said, I'm not doing anything. He's not bothering me. It doesn't really bother me at all. I can see why it bothers you. You live a lot closer, but I'm not going to do something about it. Has anybody talked to the man about a solution? The answer was, uh, uh, uh. well, then you're on your own. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. And if you guys can't figure it out, but you're all willing to talk about it like men, come see me, and we'll all talk about it. See if we can come up with a solution that's good for everybody. But don't don't think you're gonna band something together and I'm gonna support it. I moved I told him, I moved out here for a reason. It's unincorporated. We do what we want, so does he. You wanna solve your problem? Go talk to him. Nice when you talk to him. But you know what usually happens? People hold it in, they bottle it up, they don't discuss it, and when they do finally say something, if they don't run to the man and they do go to their neighbor, they're obnoxious and demanding. And that's not how you get what you want. That's not being diplomatic. And you start threatening, and now you're back to the use of force. And gee, that never works. Or when it does, whoever has more force wins. And that doesn't mean whoever wins is right. History is repute with winners being villains. The good guy always wins is a lie. It's a complete lie. Justice will always prevail is a lie. It's a complete lie. The guy with the bigger stick, who's better at swinging it, generally wins a stick fight. It doesn't mean he's right. Most of the time, he's wrong. Next, the only political thing in here. If you're going to vote, vote for what you believe in, not who you think will win. Or not what you think will win. You know, if your answer to do I want A or B is neither, neither don't vote on that line. Or if your answer is, do you want A, B, or C, and you're like, well, C can win, or A can win, or B can win. C is the guy I like, but he can't win. If you're going to be consistent in your own life, vote for him. Let me tell you why it's important. First of all, especially at a national level election, your vote doesn't matter. (gasps) Did he say that? Did he say my vote? Yeah, your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. I'll say it one more time. Your vote doesn't matter. There's, there's, there's too many people plugged into the matrix. They be. B says he'll give me more stuff. Punch. There's too many of those people that if you're independent enough to even be having the debate with yourself right now, your vote isn't going to change the course of history. It isn't. And the person you're voting for, because you believe they're less evil than the other person, is going to win or lose no matter what you do. But you're going to be the one sitting there going, I supported this ass. And no, libertarians aren't why we have Barack Obama. If you took all of our votes and gave them to McCain or Romney, Barack Obama would still be president. All of them. But maybe if a few more people had voted for the Obamas and the McCains and the Romneys voted for libertarianism, it would be an official party by now. That's just one example of a victory that could have been done with that. But I don't care who wins. This country is going to have to fall before it fixes its own crap. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's going to fall. And it's not from the earth and be gone. And it's like, you know, the the crumbling Byzantines or something like that. No, it's not going to go away. But it's going to fall in so many ways, from prominence, from being able to control, from this this, this this easy life at the expense of others, it's going to fall. And only then, only then will people begin to take it seriously and start fixing things. And when you tell me something like, well, one guy wants to head the car at the cliff at a, straight on at 45 miles an hour, and the other guy's turning it a little bit to the right and only going 35 miles an hour, and that buys us time. No, it doesn't. You believe that those people are in control. You believe those people are the ones making the decisions. No, folks. Nabisco is making more decisions about your life than the Republicans or the Democrats. Monsanto, damn sure is. Merck and Pfizer are making more decisions about your life than anybody that's ever been elected. The real people inside the Federal Reserve that actually own the banks, that are that are the Federal Reserve, have more control over you than the President of the United States. The reason I want you to vote your conscience is because it'll be better for you, not because of what it will do or not do at the ballot box. It will allow you to realize that you're not subject to their bullshit. Because as long as you're going, I really don't like this guy, but he's better than the other guy, you're under their control. Have you ever thought about it that way before? They're controlling you. They're making you sanction what you don't want. And notice I said, if you vote. Because I'm pretty much to the point now, I don't care about who runs for president or whatever. If there's an opportunity to vote for something that will legitimately increase liberty, the repeal of a law, or a law that allows something that's currently not allowed, I'll vote for that. There's a candidate that has a shot at making something like that happen, and I really believe that he'll work for it. I'll vote for him or her. Otherwise, I don't care. I don't care, and I don't have time to care. And if you care, great. Go vote your conscience, whatever that is. And if that is, I'm going to vote for the Republican because in my conscience, I believe that that's the good guy. Go ahead and do it. But I wonder how many people would really be doing that if they were really voting their conscience. On either side. Probably not very many. The next thing is know why you believe what you believe. If you're going to tell me something's bad or something's wrong, you better be able to tell me why it's bad and why it's wrong. And it better not be talking points that the establishment put together to convince you and other people that it was the case. If you're going to tell me something about how much worse life in China is than the United States, you better know where and when it's worse and realize it's not for everybody and not just buy into bullshit. And even if it is, It doesn't mean we're right, it just means our way has worked better for now. If you're going to tell me America is the freest nation on earth, I want you to tell me how. And if you do that, you'll figure out in some ways we are still the freest nation on earth. And in many others we're not. And they just say it as a blanket statement. And ignore all the places where our liberty has been infringed upon more than it has been in some cases in nations like Yemen. On some issues, there's more liberty in Yemen than the United States of America. Now, I don't want to live in Yemen. And I'm not going there. And I wouldn't trade my life in America for a life in Yemen ever. But it doesn't mean that they don't have some liberties that we don't. And it doesn't mean that we don't have some liberties they don't, but know why you believe what you believe. Stop listening to the morons on the television who tell you not just what to think, but how to think about it. Next, accept challenges to what you believe. When somebody says, Jack, you're wrong about this, I'm like, fine, prove it. And don't cite a study. Well, there was a study one time, and they show these people, and uh, who paid for that study? Taxpayers? Who funded it? Who commanded it? What was their agenda? I don't care about that. Make a case. Demonstrate it. Show me where it worked. Show me where it didn't work. But if you want to challenge what I believe, great. Give me facts, not opinions. Well, Joe says, I don't care. Right? I don't care. I want facts when you challenge what I believe. And if the facts successfully challenge the belief then the belief can change but if it's opinion well this guy's a noted so and so and he says that it doesn't matter what he says show me where it worked show me where it didn't work show me the fact that I have is not true and then even if I have one fact in a series of facts wrong that doesn't make all the other facts wrong it might, it might not Okay, that one fact has fallen. Here's these other eight. Based on these other eight being still consistent with what I believe, I'm gonna stick with it. But that one fact, I don't. I, I right, yes. What about these other eight things? Can you disprove those? Now, sometimes that one fact that falls was the linchpin, and why you believed what you believed. It's very hard then to go, wow, that's wrong. Sometimes it's almost earth shattering. Sometimes people actually have their psyche damaged. I've seen it with martial arts. I've seen Valerie Asanoff hit somebody. And I've seen it shake the core of everything they've believed their entire life. people that have trained for 25 years. They go, that's not possible. <laughs> Holy crap, that's possible. And the first thing they do is get really excited. They want to learn how to, they learn how to do it. And then they shut down and run away from it. Cuz they can't accept it was this easy. I spent twenty, and they don't understand how valuable their 25 years was. But I've seen it in many different disciplines where people have a belief of something being impossible, challenged, and then they just, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I'm just going to run back. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to go back in the matrix on this one. Because we don't come out of the matrix the way they did in the movie. You don't pop out all at once when you take the red pill. There's little wires, metaphorical wires for the literalist in your body, your head, your brain, your your ears, your hands, your fingers, all over that have been programming you. And they come out one or two or like pulling cactus thorns at a time. And there's times where people pull one and it goes, "Oh, it feels good. Oh, it feels good. Oh, it feels oh. Holy crap. Well, that means that everything I did over here was for the wrong side, I, and they want to stick it back in. And unlike the Matrix movie, you can. If you really want to, you can. You'll always know, but if you want to run away, you can. So set, accept those challenges to your beliefs, require facts. Next, never submit to government authority voluntarily. Legally resist in every way that you can. Unless it's something you want to do, right? Let's say the government, like they have, comes out and says, you must have health insurance. And you go, F- I'm not doing that. So you cancel your health insurance. That would be dumb. That is also letting them control you. That's the first psychology you use on a two-year-old, guys. You don't do that. But if you don't have it and you don't want it and you can figure out a way to not get it and you really don't want to, then don't. Especially if you can find a legal loophole to resist it with. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you can find a gray area loophole, I don't care, but keep your ass out of jail. That's all I'm saying. But when the government says, You shall not ever use Comfrey internally. Okay. So, how are you going to enforce that, buddy? How are you going to enforce that? Now, now, if you package it up and label it for internal use and sell it to somebody, then you're going to go at odds with, you know, the FDA and they're going to come put you in a place you don't want to be with some people you don't want to be around. Now, don't do that. But, I mean, can you, can you actually tell me somebody from the FDA has the time to come and watch me walk around my backyard and see if I ever eat a piece of comfrey? Am I saying you should? No, I'm just saying how would they enforce that? Just because we were talking about comfrey recently, that comes up. Because the government has banned the internal use of comfrey. Even though mankind has used it externally and internally for 10,000 years. Even though animals all over the world graze on it and none of them fall over and die. And yes, if you ate a bucket of it a day for the next couple months, you might damage your liver. If you took large amounts of extract of it, you might damage your liver. I'm not sure on that. But I, I also kind of know that if like it was used in some way internally in small amounts, that there's absolutely no way that they're right about that. And what would they do to prove that you ate it? Pump your stomach? It's not a drug. doesn't really fall in that world. How many other things are there that people do because the government says they have to They really don't. The government says that you have to take cash and dollars. Whether it's check, credit card, whatever. You have to take dollars. But they don't really say that. They say that if you say I'm going to offer a service and you say it's offered in dollars you have to take dollars for it. You can't change your mind. So you can't have a menu at a restaurant somebody walks in and the menu says 25. And they assume that's dollars because this is America. And then when you you, you show up and they, you go, well, here. And they go, well, I'm sorry, we only take euros. You can't do that. But if you have a sign, if you have a thing that says 25 euros and we only take euros, that's completely legal. So you can only take silver. Or you can also take silver. Or you can only take barter. Or you can also take barter. You know, it, it, there are so many places where people do what they're told without even thinking about do I have to do this. We were looking at remodeling our kitchen. Turns out we're not going to do it this way. Okay? We're just not. But at one point we were thinking about moving the sink. Now, with the sink and the drain, there has to be a vent. The vent applies pressure to make sure the water goes down the drain. Okay? And that vent, by code, can be no more than five feet away from the sink. I think I have this right. But I live in an unincorporated area where we have no code enforcement for things like that. Well, the guy that was bidding the job says, well, you have to do it that way because that's the code. I said, but I don't have any code enforcement. He goes, yeah, but you got to do it that way. I said, just hold on a second. How far away will it be? He's like seven feet. I'm like, will it work? He goes, yeah. I said, is there any conceivable way that it won't work? He says, no. I said, so if you do this, it's going to function the way it has to, that I need it to, right? He goes, uh-huh. I said, and it won't fail. He goes, no, of course not. This is just, that's the number they picked. I said, and I don't have a law that says I have to do that, do I? He said, well, I guess not. I said, then you don't have to do that. You can do it this way, can't you? He goes, yeah, sure, I can do it that way. See, he was going to do it to code no matter what I wanted or whether or not it would work, but there was actually no requirement to do so. There was no law that actually so that's a that is vol that's legally resisting a law because I I exist in a place where that law doesn't apply to me and I'm not going to comply with it. I'm not going to comply with it. There's laws that say you can't have a gray water system not where I live. So in some ways, legally resisting. Is simply go to a place where the law doesn't apply to you. That's actually far more libertarian than trying to force others to comply with what you want. To go into a neighborhood where they already have a law against this, where nobody wants it, and try to force your will into there. As long as there's a place you can go in, and it's not that way. Now, when when there's no place left and there's no place to go, then you have no point. Now you've been backed into a corner. But legally resist in every way that you can. Don't do things just because somebody said you had to. And I'll tell you, when you definitely resist, when you don't want to do what they're telling you you have to do, and there's no way for them to enforce it, even if it is a law. That, I guess, would technically be breaking the law, but if there's a law with no teeth in it, there's no way they can do this. There's no way they can enforce There's not a damn thing anybody can really do. And you don't want to do it, but they say you have to. Don't do it. Whatever that may be. Next, create your own systems, your own networks, etc. You know, I've talked as I've moved more and more to the anarchist mindset, right? And w- it was a very interesting conversation with a gentleman in uh, in New Hampshire. I can't remember his name. I can see his face. And, uh, man, this guy really asked me a question that's very similar to a question I've asked a lot of people about libertarianism to open them up to it. And he said, if you could create a world with no state, and it would work, would you do it? And I said, yes. And he said, then, in your mind and in your heart, and philosophically, that's what you want, and that's anarchism. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but I don't understand how, in our society today, we can have that system, because there are so many people that will steal and rape and kill And there are so many people that are weak enough that they need someone to protect them. And that's why I believe in minarchism as a pathway. And he's like, a pathway to what? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know. It'd be great to get there. I don't know that we can. And he's like, that's enough. That's enough. And then I started to learn about modern anarchist groups. Not anarchists that are trying to blow up buildings or some crap like that or or hack Google As as though that helps anything, you know, or to take down the internet. Well, that's great for, I mean, how many people that, whatever. What I mean are people that have voluntarily associated with each other and define their own rules for life. And when one of them has a problem, the others are there for them. And when one of them is being aggressed on by another member of the group, everybody goes and straightens it out. And if that, that straightening out doesn't work, then that person is ousted. We're not going to make you do anything, but you don't get to voluntarily associate with us anymore because we're not going to volunteer. You've got to go do something else somewhere else. And that is a great model for prepper groups. Because you're like, well, what if, what if, what if? we well, agree as adults to the way things are supposed to be, and everybody agrees that this is, and if you go, I don't like that, fine. Go find somebody that likes what you like. But i the, Bye. This is what we do here. You don't have to stay. No one's making you stay. No one's compelling you to do shit. But this is the way things are in our group. That's self-governance. And it's actually what anarchism would be as as a system. An anarchist society would not be a society with no rules... It would just be a society where people are able to to set their own rules for themselves with one guiding overlying principle: non-aggression. So what if someone? Then we got to deal with him, right? Okay. And again, that's why that's why I have this this conflict of interests, right? I guess internally, like, anarchism, anarchism. because it's not that I don't believe it's possible. I don't believe with the people in the current mindset they're in that it's possible. I, I just don't. Do I believe that a society like this could exist? Absolutely. Love to be part of it. And what I'm talking about today is creating bubbles of it. So, fine, there's all these people that can't manage their own lives, run their own lives, set their own rules, have their own disciplinary models. Discuss things, work things out. They all need this state thing for right now. Still think there's too much of it, but they want it, they like it, they love it. Let them have it. That doesn't mean I can't freely associate with people that see it my way. And we can't develop our own systems. And our own networks. So be developing those. Your own systems for self-governance. Your own networks of people that voluntarily associate. And understand that two groups cannot be entirely in sync with each other, but they can cooperate in the areas where they are consistent and be at peace at the areas where they're not. That's the network side. So you have the group and then the network of groups. That's a deep subject. Maybe one day we'll get deep into it. The next one is value education and be a self-directed learner at all times. If you're not learning one new thing every day, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. But I'm just not going to tell you what, I'm not going to tell you what to learn. Learn whatever you want. But always be seeking more knowledge and always be seeking knowledge on your own. There's a couple things that happen. One, you learn the things you actually give a shit about. So you, you tend to remember them and apply them and, and knowledge is useless. Applied knowledge is valuable. Unless you can apply the knowledge in your life, and your thought, and your deeds, your actions, your spirituality, in some meaningful way, knowledge is pointless, unless you get on Jeopardy. And then you're applying the knowledge to win money. So the problem is that we have a system of education today that, that crams a whole shit ton of knowledge into a person's head, but 90% of it or more is functionally irrelevant and useless to the individual. And they don't even learn how to learn anymore. They learn how to receive information, compartmentalize information, regurgitate that information, and apply the information as directed. There's the few, the brilliant, that can take that system, make it their own, and then go apply the knowledge. These are the people with the high IQs. These are the people that either go become entrepreneurs or high end science people or high end educators that that teach in institutions that your kid can't go to they're the ones that they, they are pointed to as the example of the system working and the reality is the reason they're so brilliant is they took the system, used just enough of it to get there and escaped it I'm saying escape it too now if you're a teenager and you listen to me because you have enlightened parents that know that even though I say shit once in a while I'm probably still a good influence and you're thinking, Jack, has just said that I don't have to worry about my score on my test at school. I did not. I want you to get good grades in school. I don't want you to go to college unless it's right for you but I want you to get good grades so you have the option if you decide later that it is. I want you to put down whatever you need to to get an A. But if you think... Maybe, especially in like history, science, maybe, maybe this isn't really what I really believe. Find out what you really believe. Give them what they want, but learn what you want. And if you like something, if you're passionate about something, I don't care if you're 8 or 80 here, learn more about it every day. You will learn to read by reading about what you love. You'll learn math by fact-checking things that you love. Focus on your education, but self-directed education. Next, never let anybody speak for you or put words in your mouth. I've pretty much made a commitment. I'm done. I'm done with haters. I'm done with people talking shit about me. I'm done with any of these inner podcast wars or inner blog wars. I'm done. You hate on me, you get banned from my site, go away. You don't like what I'm doing? Go somewhere else. You don't like what I'm doing? Don't look at it. I don't have time. You want to tell me I'm wrong? If you have facts, I'll listen. Otherwise, be gone. But the one place I will have to continue to speak up is when somebody says, Jack Spirico said, and it's factually untrue. And my only response is going to be, no, I didn't, or what I actually said was, or I said this in the context of, goodbye, go out. That's it. Because you cannot let someone else say, What you, you know, twist your words. You can't do it. You can't do it because if you let that go unchallenged, it becomes a belief in others. And then you lose the power of influence. And that matters if you're a podcaster with 80 plus thousand people listening to you. And it matters if you're just one man running a family. It matters. It matters that the people around you would believe that you would say something you did not. But this is where it's actually bigger. What I really mean by this is when someone says, oh, what he thinks is, or tells you, oh, what you need to do is, you need to say, hold up. Hold up. Is that what I really think, or is that what I really need to do? And if it is, fine, speak it. For yourself. Don't let anybody do it for you. It breeds complacency. It breeds compliance. It breeds dependence. It really does. If someone tells you, you believe X, Y, and Z. Hold up. Don't, don't do that for me. Let me figure out what I believe for myself. And then if you end up finding out you believe X, Y, and Z, then speak it for yourself. I believe X, Y, and Z, and then follow up with the most important part, because of A, B, and C. This independent thought switch is feared in our educational system. It's, it's terrifying to educators. How do you deal with a school of 2,500 students who think independently? The answer is you can't. Maybe we shouldn't have a school of hundred students in it. But until then, you do it anyway. You do it anyway. And kids, when you do it, do it with respect and decency. And again, there's a certain amount of compliance necessary within the educational institution. What you do in your own life is what we're talking about today. But if you do enough of it that somebody ever tries to medicate you with freaking methamphetamine, tell them you don't want it, including your parents. We tell our kids don't do drugs, and then when they ask too many questions, we put them on dope. Can't do that. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. But when I put Johnny on dope, he sat in his chair and did what he was told. Is that really the goal? Is that really the goal? I thank God this crap didn't exist when I was a kid. Because they would have medicated the shit out of me. And I was young enough and dumb enough, I would go, okay, I'll take my pills. It would have destroyed my life the odds are if I had been medicated as a child every bit of influence I've had with TSP for the last 5 years would have never happened I'd probably still be selling cable testers to people and doing great and making lots of money and everybody saying good job Jack as I head for a 50 year old heart attack man never let anybody put words in your mouth think for yourself be independent we need to start valuing that as a virtue when somebody does that We have to stop thinking there's a problem with it. Accept that others might ignore, demean, or attack you. Just accept it. If you're making a difference, people will ignore you, people will demean you, and people will attack you. Just accept it. That's my next step. Just, It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Let it be. When they attack you, you're making a difference. There was a saying in World War II that bomber pilots had. How do we know when we're over the target? When we start getting hit with flak, we'll drop our bombs. That's when they shoot at you. When you're about to make a difference, is when you get shot at. Again, I lost sight of that recently. And I am, I'm done. I said recently, I'm going to start taking my own advice. Well, that's my own advice. And guys, this is a redo of a show in some ways. There's a lot of new material in it, but these 14 steps were done years ago, first time on TSP. That's right out on my bullet point list from the past. It being ignored is not a problem. I think a lot of people think being ignored is a problem. Well, I'm doing all this great stuff and they don't won't listen to me. Well, at least they're not interfering with you. At least they're not interfering with you. That that's what I really want anyway. I want people that want to pay attention, to pay attention. I want everybody else that doesn't like what I'm doing to go do something else. That's, that's that's libertarianism in a capsule right there. If we just had a capsule that people could take, and it would just make them leave people alone and voluntarily associate with those who they like. It would be awesome. It would solve a shit ton of problems. It ain't going to happen, so you got to have enough discipline to do it for yourself. So when people ignore you, great. People demean you. I say ignore them unless they're putting words in your mouth. That's, like I said, I... I cannot see letting someone else speak on your behalf. For good or ill, you, you want to quote me, do it accurately. That's all i got to say on that. And the attacks? When you're attacked, celebrate. What you've done matters. Next, when you do have a debate, argue the ideas. Don't argue the validity of the individual. I, I love when people, like, are debating something that I'm doing on YouTube. And then when they don't like it, they say... And I say, well, this is why I did this, and here's how it works, and this is... We've been doing this for five years now. You know, Hugo Culture's an example. And the response is, well, you're a fat ass! Okay, well, the video's, like, four years old, and I'm not fat anymore, you're still stupid. You're banned. I mean, but there's no... See, and that's what happens. That's when things break down that way. When people start attacking the person versus the facts, then you know they don't have anything left. And it doesn't work well, and it doesn't influence. And I think argue maybe is not even the right word for this. In fact, right now, in this very moment, I am changing this bullet point to debate. I'm actually typing it. I messed up. I had my keys off debate, so when you see it in the show notes it'll say debate ideas do not argue the validity of the individual because it's not really an argument an argument is I'm right and you're wrong a debate is let's examine the situation and see if we can go on a fact-finding mission together and come to a consensus that's a good debate that's a real debate we've been led to believe that debates are two guys arguing over who gets to be the next ass clown that runs our country a good debate is I'm coming at it from this angle, you're coming at it from that angle. Let's shake hands, not in a false show of uh, camaraderie in front of the camera and smile while we try to dig our nails into each other. Let's actually shake hands and go, hey, let's, let's sort this. Let's sort this out. And then let's go deep into the realities. And then let's also be able to say, you know what, after doing that, you still believe what you still believe, I still believe what I still believe, We're still friends, but I'm going to go my way, you go yours. That's the way we should be debating things. Last but not least, remember, no matter what anyone says, what you do matters. It's the most important thing I've been trying to teach people since I started this show. There's actually nothing more important that I can teach you than the fact that what you do matters. It's why I do everything the way that I do. It's it's absolutely the, the key to success in life is knowing this. I mean, this is the one part of my survival philosophy, modern survival philosophy that's, that's bled over into a libertarian lifestyle. I have put together that philosophy based on, here are the fundamental realities of the world, and here's are the things that people need, and here's, here's how modern society works, and here's how modern society takes from you, and here's how you can reverse the equation, and these are all the steps and all the things that you can do, and the way to think about it and examine it, and in the end, you have to take all of that and make your own decisions for your own life. I won't tell you how to live. I won't tell you how much of anything to store. I won't tell you what gun you need to have. I won't have the debate, is an AK or an AR better? Whatever you like, man. They both fundamentally do the same thing, and, and two of the greatest armies in the world chose one, of one and one the other. And they've both been proven, proven remarkably effective. huge. Use your own brain. And that is an empowering message. A lot of people get upset with me when I say that. I'm like, just do what you want. Like, Well, you're the expert. No, no. I'm not the expert. I'm an expert. On a lot of things, I am. I'm an expert. I'll say it. It's, It's hard to say sometimes, honestly. But on some things, I'm an expert. On other things, I know a lot. I wouldn't quite fit expert level. But even if it's something I am an expert on, in the end... A good teacher knows the student must be empowered to act. I'm not going to tell you what to do. What are you going to do if I'm dead? You have your next question. What type of ammo do I put in this gun that you told me to buy? Oh, he's dead now. He can't tell you. you got to figure it out for yourself. I don't know what to do now. I mean, I know that seems like breaking it down to like one nebulous issue, but that's, that's how it works. If you become dependent on anyone or anything to make decisions for you, as soon as that, that system fails or that person's unavailable, you don't know what to do. You're stuck. There was a cartoon. I don't remember if it was Family Guy or Simpsons or something like that or whatever. But it was in front of a Walmart store. And the guy's like, like one of the men is like, oh, no, look. And I was like, what happened? We lost our greeter. And like all the people coming in the Walmart store are like walking in the walls, rolling around on the floor, trying to pull carts out. And because there's no one there to tell them what to do, they can't even function. And, of course, it's it's being extreme, like most comedy is. It's over the top. But it's, the sad thing is it's almost true. How many people in society couldn't function today unless someone tells them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it? If you've ever employed people, you know how bad this is, especially if you are a an independent thinking entrepreneur. And you think to yourself, I can hire someone, I can show them what to do, And then they'll do it. And you hire them, show them what to do, and they don't do it. And it's not that they have a bad work ethic. It's not that they're too stupid. It's that they can't function without enough structure. And you're trying to give them freedom. You're like, look, I need these things done today. Okay? I don't care what order you do them in. I don't care how you set your priorities. I don't even care if you get them all done and you do some things of your own. And choose what to work on. But I need these things done today. And they go, okay, you come back at the end of the day, is this done? No. Is this done? No. Is this done? Halfway. Is this done? Yes. Is this done? No. Okay, so I give, I've given you five things to do. You have one done, one halfway done, three not done at all. What went wrong? Well, I couldn't figure out what to do about this, so then I went over and did this for a while. And it's like, oh. and you realize you got to go, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get this one thing done. And I want you to report to me or your manager when you get this one thing done. And I don't want you to a, do a damn thing until that one thing is done. You want, and they go, then you walk away and they say under their breath, Well oh, he's a dick. No, you can't function. You can't freaking function without being held to task like that. There's, and then, then what happens is people that can function end up in a system where everybody acts that way. And you feel like you're in the movie, movie Idiocracy. And you do feel like your boss is a dick, and he's not really a dick. He just hasn't recognized that you don't need that yet, in most instances. And most people just kind of eventually, even if they they are that person that, that doesn't need that, finally just go, the only way I'm going to be happy is to accept this. And they just kind of fall into that mode. And you end up in a society where most people work just hard enough not to get fired, and most employers pay people just enough so that they don't quit. And then you start a downward spiral from there. And you end up with a society where people think that what they do doesn't really matter. That they're not important. That they don't really have any influence in the world. Because they know when who they vote for doesn't matter. That's part of how you end up a libertarian. You figure that out. Well, I voted for that guy and and he lost, and the guy that got elected did suck, but then the next time the guy I voted for won, and he sucked bad too, and then the next guy promised to do this, and I figured I'd give him a chance, and I voted for him, and he sucks, and they all lie, and they all do the same things they say the other one did, and that doesn't matter, so I can't vote my way out of this. I don't make enough money to go buy an island somewhere and get the hell out of here. I guess I'm just going to rock along and do what I can and conform with what everybody says I'm supposed to do and try to make my my prison cell as pretty as possible with as many doodads and gadgets in it as I can. And, and I'll die an old man, maybe, if I'm lucky, and hopefully my money won't run out uh, before I die. You know, I mean, and then I'll be okay yeah uh, that's all we all can do that's how society lives today not you not you i'm <clears throat> i'm shoving the matrix anti-matrix pills down you and i'm going to keep doing it if you'll keep coming back and we'll pull the wires out together one at a time but actually the first wire is that what you do matters i brought brought this into my survival philosophy from several conversations with oncologists or cancer doctors and I talked to several of these folks that I could get to talk to me because I wanted to understand survival in its rawest form person has been sentenced to die but they're not going to go in an electric chair an illness is going to kill them they've been, the doctors said dude, you know, one year if you're lucky and the guy says well, what are my chances and the doctor's like you, you really, you know we well, could try these things to prolong your life but you're not going to make it and, and, you know, usually they're not quite as abrupt, but, you know, they basically give the guy that message. And they have two guys that they tell that. And they believe, the doctor believes it. The patient believes it on both sides. Well, okay, I'm going to die, right? Well, one patient says, I do want to try to live as comfortably as I can. I do, I do want to live a little longer if I can't be around for my family, so I want to go on and recommend a course of treatment. And, uh, but I, but they they feel like that's just the the, the the sentence they've been handed. Now, the other patient is a pain in the ass. They want, well, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? What drug is this? Is there another drug? There are there another opportunity? And they just, like, the doctor's like, oh my god, the guy just won't, just won't, you know, this is all I got. And he questions everything. And the two people do the same thing. And the pain in the ass beats the odds and lives. And the doctor even goes, I don't understand. The doctor's like, I, 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 I don't get it. This is a miracle. It's not a miracle. The pain in the ass patient knew that what they did mattered. And it was a difference. Looking death in the eye, it was a difference. And if it matters to something that finite, don't you think it matters incrementally through your entire life? If you want to live in a world where you can say, I want to live by this principle of non-aggression and non-intervention, and that's who I want to be. That's who I want to teach my children to be. That's the example I want to be to others whether they choose to follow it or not. First step, what you do matters. Your garden matters. The time with your children matters. Taking the time to explain to your spouse why you're doing what you're doing matters. Paying off your debt matters. The research you do for your own education matters the little battery backup system that you built and taught yourself a new skill set with matters. Learning to shoot, hunt, trap, primitive skills matters. All of it matters. It all matters way more, way more than the logo on the vehicle that you drive. People pay more for a logo on a car. The same car, different logo, $20,000 more money. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. You know what matters. What you choose to do matters. And unfortunately, what you choose to let slide matters. In our world, we're in a sliding scale toward liberty. We're either moving toward greater liberty or less liberty. There's no static in that scale. When you're not acting and moving yourself toward more personal liberty, society is working against you and moving you toward greater enslavement. Remember that, and remember what you do matters, and work for more liberty in your life. And with that, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. times we forget we are what we eat i don't know the answer it's like there's nothing i can do it's the price we pay i guess a week a better way.